1: Hello, everyone. This is Rob Golfy with Remax Escarpment, the Golfy team. Welcome to the Golfy Real Estate Show with host Rick Zamprin. Yeah,
2: welcome aboard. Another beautiful Saturday in the city of Hamilton, and we have lots of exciting real estate stories to talk about today, including the latest statistics in Hamilton, Burlington, Niagara, and beyond. We'll de- take a deep dive into those numbers. Of course, if you want to get your home sold for top dollar in this much more balanced market compared to just a few months ago, you got To call Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales and the first ever real estate team in Hamilton to sell a thousand homes in a year. 905 575 7700 online, robgolfi.com. That's robgolfi.com. You can follow the Golfi team on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you have a topic idea or a question for the Golfi team, send them an email. Questions? at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. We have a special guest on today's show as well. His name is Mike Collins-Williams. He's the CEO of the West End Home Builders Association. You can find them on the World Wide Web at westendhba.ca. Rob, Mike, welcome to the show. Welcome to another week of the Golfie Real Estate Show.
1: Welcome and thank you. And uh, we got lots happening in the the real estate uh, market. The stats came out this week. And uh, all we all know that uh, uh, our average sale price year over year is higher than uh, last year of the June numbers. So we know that that's uh, a given, but the the key factor that we're looking at is month over month. So, and um, percentage of average uh, units sold uh, were as high as uh, 30% less, 20%, you know, uh, less sales from the previous month. We're talking May now, Uh, housing prices are uh, adjusting itself. And I think in my opinion, in my opinion, I think we're going to be, it's going to be landing soon. Like I I'd say uh, if not already uh, I think we're, we're almost at that point where housing prices have adjusted itself to a point of uh, that. Now it's a comfort level. Now the only thing is that I'm finding with people is that we got used to the low low interest rates that uh have been out in uh in the last two three years and um and people are like worried about that and before pandemic uh in 2017 um it was 3.99 percent was the average interest rate in 2017. we're right now i think at 4.89 so it's not that far off that's a normal market. Now we are trending the same way as 2017. We had the hot, the the spike in the first quarter of last uh, of 2017. And then the, the market readjusted itself through the rest of the year. The same thing is happening right now as we, we are, uh, Uh, living right now in 2022. So nothing has really changed. Interest rates are getting back to normal. It might be a little higher than they were in 2017, but I do feel that the, uh, that we have landed or we're very shortly landing in, in our uh, price points of, uh, of the housing market. So I don't know, like uh, uh, Rick, you're out there. You're with people, what they're saying, um, what what's the word on the street? You're the you're the civilian out there. I, I'm
2: the eyes and the ears <laughs> on the street, eh? So yeah, the I think the word of the day is balance, right? We're back to a balanced markets. There's there's not much more leverage from one side to the other, depending on the property or depending on the home seller or the home buyer. But for the most part, yeah, the 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 word on the street is I think there's maybe even a, a sigh of relief that the hectic nature of what we saw in the spring is now kind of over. Home buyers can take their time in eyeing a property. Home sellers might be getting a little antsy knowing that the market was red hot and they maybe have missed the boat. But, um, you know, overall, again, that word is balance. And that's also the word that the Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington is also using as well. Like there was less than a thousand homes sold last month, 995. They were down about 19 percent from May of 2022, down nearly 38 percent compared to June of 2021. Average sale price down five percent from May to June at nine hundred forty six thousand dollars, but still up nine percent compared to June twenty twenty one. But here's a quote I wanna read to you, and this is from President Lou Periano of the uh, Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington. He said, quote, in June, mortgage rates increased by 0.5%. And as a result, some potential buyers have likely delayed their purchase because they may be taking a wait and see approach to the market or they can no longer qualify. How many people do you think or what percentage do you think are taking the wait and see approach to those who are saying, I just can't qualify?
1: I, I think it's a huge percentage of wait and see. Okay, Right now, we have houses priced bang on. It's valued at like right now market prices and we're not getting any showings on it. And it's just because people are waiting and seeing. so I'm telling my clients, you know, don't adjust your price. Cause we already adjusted it. Even if we did adjust the price, another 50,000 down, they still wouldn't get anybody looking at it or any offers on it. So, um, my, my advice right now is just sit and hold tight when the market starts picking up and if their house isn't selling at that time, then we have to relook at the price. But, Otherwise they will probably get an offer in a short bit. So we just got to wait and see this is we're we're no man's land right now. We're just waiting and seeing what, where, uh, once, the, once the, uh, the buyers come back, the confidence is there, they're, they're, they're used to the interest rates and they know that's going to be where it's going to land and, and settle then we'll be back to a normal balanced market.
2: So we have another interest rate hike expected next week, and it looks like it's going to be three-quarters of a percentage point. So will that waiting game um, maybe end sometime in the fall, whether it's September, October, maybe even November?
1: I I think so. Like, like usually the summer markets are pretty good. And when I looked at 2017 market, I found that the uh, July-August market was really good. So, I mean, uh, I, I don't think uh, this is a, a time of the year for realtors to actually go away for a month at a time to vacation because they think <laughs> the market's going to be slow. Yeah. I think they better be on standby because I think the market's going to hit soon, and when it does, they better be ready to go because uh, it, it. I don't think I don't think the interest rate's going to affect. Fa- it is a factor, but it's something we're we're getting used to now. This is the new normal, and we just got to be prepared and 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 just adjust to that level.
2: Yeah, looking at the uh, stats between June 2022 and June of 2021. Looking across the board, uh, the sales figures are down and down by a considerable margin from year to year. But the average sale price, as I mentioned earlier, up overall from year to year, but um, not necessarily in every uh, you know neighborhood or community. Number one, and the one that sticks out to me, is Grimsby. Year over year, the average sale price has dropped by $102,000, 11% is the new Average sale price of eight hundred seventeen thousand dollars. Is that do you think going to be the new norm at least for a while for people uh, that are looking for a house or selling a house in Grimsby?
1: Absolutely, it, it's going to it's the new norm, and and you will you'll see a flatline for a while there. It, it, it may be a readjust, maybe another one or two percent, but that that'll be it. Um, but it, it'll be the new norm and it, it'll stick to it too. Like, like you're going to find that the buyer's going to say, no, nope, I'm not paying any more than that. And then the seller is going to say, okay, uh, they'll just, uh, settle and, and take, uh, what they can get. But it's just, it, it's, it's, it's adjusting itself. And then Grimsy adjusted quickly yeah. and a, a big significant drop, but it, uh, but, but that's the way it goes out in, uh, in Grimsy. And you know how I tell you Grimsy Sometimes flat lines for two years. Once, once it's adjusted, it'll flat line for a year or two, and then and then it'll start climbing again. But hmm. um, but yeah, it's uh, I, it's and that seems like a normal average sale price in in Grimsby at uh, we it was eight hundred seven uh, eight hundred seventeen thousand. Yeah.
2: In uh, in Hamilton, whether it's Ancaster, Dundas, uh, Hamilton proper, Stony Creek, uh, sale prices are all up. Are they expected to continue to level off, perhaps in July and even August?
1: Yeah. I, I, I think it, it, I think we're, we're there now. Uh, it's not, uh, maybe another 1%. That's it. Uh, Rick, okay. uh, I think it's, it's pretty well level level at off because I'm, I'm, I'm following the trend is exactly like 2017. So, um, it, it just depends on the seller, right? It, it, how motivated is the seller buyers out there? It, it, they're free. They can go and, uh, put offers on houses and, and they'll get some good deals out there. There's, there are some good deals. I actually saw one myself. I'm looking online and I, and I'm looking at putting a, an offer on, on a property that I, I think is a great, uh, price for it. It, it. it needs to be, uh, renovated. And, uh, so I'm thinking of jumping on that one. And if it's still available, if it's still available this weekend, I'm buying that.
2: Do you think this is a good time for investors? And I know there's new rules for investment properties in this province. But do you get the sense that investors are kind of you know um, champing at the bit to get in on the market, or, or maybe add another property or two? You know what, uh,
1: investors are very very cautious right now because they the, the, they need to know the margins and the cost of renovations and cost of uh, material is is expensive. But investors are getting, uh, are looking still, and like myself, I'm an investor, and I saw something today, and I, and I know I can turn this property around. Maybe, you know what, uh, use it as a, a either a short-term rental or a long-term rental, but I know I'll make money on this. It's, you know, I mean, it, uh, I see the opportunity. Now, again, if, if it's not a great deal, like if I buy it, and maybe I made a bad decision, listen, 10 years from now, I'll sell it for double than what I paid for it. Not a big deal.
2: There is the R word that's floating around, that is recession, some intimating that we could be hit by one by next year. Is that a hot topic in the real estate sector right now? You know what, I haven't really talked about that with anybody, or it hasn't come up on the radar.
1: I know, you know, it's in the news and people are talking about uh, uh, recession. Um, I think the last recession that we went through was 2008 and 2009. Mm -hmm. Now the U S got hit hard because of that. We didn't get hit as hard. I know um, uh, uh, builders and developers, they had to readjust uh, especially if they had a lot of homes on spec. Uh, They they wanted to unload them because they had a lot of inventory and, you know, money tied up on these spec homes. But I honestly don't think, I mean, if we do get hit with the recession, it's not going to be as hard uh, and, and vigorous as the early nineties recession or the whole decade of the nineties or, or it, and it'll be the same as a 2008, nine recession. So I don't think, I don't think it's going to be as bad. Yeah. We're going to probably people lose jobs and people have to adjust their lifestyle, but it'll just be a, probably a six to eight, nine month uh, recession and we will be back
2: on track. Lots more to come on the show, including how are we going to get more homes built and built in a hurry in this province? Find out more next year on the Gulfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on
0: 900 CHML.
2: State Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHL. My name's Rick Samprin. pleased to be joined once again by Rob golfy sales representative with REMAX, Scartman Realty, the Golfie Team. You can find them online at robgolfie.com That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I dot Call the Golfie Team today at 905-575-7700 That's 905-575-7700 You can follow the Golfie Team on Twitter, check them out on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok as well. And if you have a topic idea that you would like us to discuss on a future show or you have a question for the Golfie team, send them an email. That email address is questions at robgolfie.com. We have a special guest on the show today as well, Mike Collins-Williams. He's the CEO of the West End Home Builders Association. Their website is westandhba.ca Rob, Mike, welcome back to the show. Maybe we'll talk about building more homes in this province. I know there's a plan in place. I know the premier has said, hey, he wants to get super aggressive with his housing plan. He's committed to build one and a half million homes over the next decade. Can it be done? Will it be done?
1: That's a good question.
2: Hey Mike, you you know, you know the builders, you know
1: everything that's the developers out there. Um, is, that, is that an achievable uh, goal or what do you think? First of all, thanks for having me. Uh, really excited to be here and talking about housing, talking about uh, urban planning and, and the future of our uh, exciting region here uh, in the city of Hamilton and, and beyond. So um, it's certainly an ambitious goal. Um, I think we're going to be extremely challenged to get to that goal. That is essentially would be doubling the amount of housing production uh, in Ontario. Uh, the last decade or so, we've averaged around 75,000 uh, housing completions a year. You know, some years are a little better, some years are are a little lower. Um, so to get to the 1.5 million uh, that was recommended by the Housing Affordability Task Force, um, that's that's doubling our production. Um, and what's interesting is in the election that we just had, I think there was it was broad consensus on the need to build more housing supply and a lot more housing supply. Um, you know, it wasn't only Doug Ford and the conservative government that uh, promised to get to that number, uh, but the Liberals, uh, the NDP, and even the Green Party all um, committed during the election campaign to to reach that aspirational goal. So um, lots of challenges there. Um, I zoom out just for a moment to a 30,000-foot level as to sort of the challenge that we have here. Um, the region that we're in, in Hamilton, it's part of a broader region, the Greater Golden Horseshoe, which is about a population of 10 million. Um we're forecast to hit 15 million by 2051. That's equivalent to the entire population of Greater Montreal moving uh, to this region. And we know that growth is accelerating. Uh, growth is coming, and, and we really do need to build a lot more housing. So um, excited to be uh, in the industry at this time and, and, and trying to get to that aspirational goal. Um, but we've got a big challenge ahead of us.
2: Is one of those challenges, Mike, the need uh, for more skilled workers? Because right now we have a shortage. Uh, how can, and with that shortage, how can we get from seventy-five to one hundred and fifty a year without those workers?
1: That that's a massive challenge and something that um, we need to, as a broader society, um, to tackle. Uh, that's going to take uh, work from uh, the provincial government, from the federal government, and, and frankly, our industry to play. A greater role in um, in training the next generation of skilled trade. I, I think your average listener would actually be pretty shocked if they went onto the average construction site, took a look around, and, and saw what the average age of the workers um, building our province are. And it, it's not just the housing. We we need those construction workers to build more schools, to build more hospitals. It, it's a big challenge. Um, you know, back in the 70s and 80s and in the, in the 1960s. We brought waves of uh, immigrants from, from Eastern Europe that um, really built this province. and in the last number of decades, um, you know we, we have not necessarily been seeking out with our immigration programs those types of skill sets. Um, I think we've also been challenged um, at, at the domestic level in terms of our education system here, whether it's high schools, not necessarily having shop programs, um, not as many community colleges. Um, having programs to support the skilled trades now that is changing there's been a lot of great investments um, you know locally here Mohawk um, is, is training uh, a variety of different skilled trades We um, certainly need to get more high schools back in sort of the shop programs and, and I'd encourage any you know listeners out there that, that have teenage sons and daughters it's a great field to get into um, you get to work outside. Uh, you get to work with your hands. You actually build something tangible. And uh, when it comes down to the dollars and cents, uh, you can make money while you're being trained as an apprentice rather than uh, accumulating student debt. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of people on those construction sites that they're in their late twenties and they're making six figures. So uh, it's also a very lucrative field to be in. Um, but it, it's definitely going to be a challenge for our industry to, uh, have that volume of skilled trades uh, necessary to build that next generation of housing.
2: You mentioned on the worksite, site, our listeners might be a little surprised to learn about the average age on a work site. Is it 50 plus?
1: Depends on the trade itself, but, uh, for bricklayers, yeah, it's 50 plus. Um, but, uh, you know, with, with carpenters, there, there's so many different trades on the average site. Um, but we, we do have, yeah, a lot of sites. There, there's a few gray hairs on some of those sites. And, um, you know, not going to lie, it's, it's tough work. It's physical work, but it's, it's also um, very rewarding. And, and I think that some of the work, especially, you know, things like carpentry, it's a lot of interesting math, figuring out um, uh, how everything fits together. So um, definitely encourage people to, to consider the skilled trades, and especially young people, because it, it is a very lucrative and exciting career, a career in construction.
2: So I would gather bricklayers are in very short supply.
1: You won't see too many brick homes in probably 20 <laughs> years from now, that new ones that are built, they're all going to be sided. Yeah. Uh, because, and that'll be a luxury on any new new homes that are going to be built probably in 20 to 30 years from now, it, or even now. Like, I mean, it's, it, I mean, bricklayers are, are becoming less and less unless we start bringing some of them in from outside. Like we need, we need that labor force. Otherwise we're going to see, uh, you know, uh wood sided homes <laughs> we're also seeing a lot of technology change there's more uh, modular housing uh, if you look to europe uh, a lot of the housing built in europe is actually built in factories and assembled on site um you know a lot of the technology here you know 50 60 years ago you had a bunch of guys on a roof framing a house and here we are you know 50 60 years later and, and a lot of it's the same so i think with the crunch in skilled trades um you know there's, there's opportunities to be more productive on site there's opportunities to have more uh, modular uh, factory-built homes, and and when you get into that, you get a lot more precision in terms of the um, um, how the homes are built and and how tight the homes are in terms of energy efficiency. So, it's, it's building science is complicated. It's exciting, um, and and the homes we're building today are are a lot more efficient uh, and a lot more technology in them than there were you know in previous decades.
2: Aside from the skilled labor shortage, the other big issue about building new homes is where to put them. We've had a pretty uh, interesting debate surrounding urban sprawl in this community, especially, and others have had it as well. Do we have enough space, at least internally here in the city to build a lot of these homes?
1: This is a huge challenge. So I'd say that the politics around housing are borderline toxic. Build the volume of housing, not just in Hamilton, but across all of Southern Ontario, we are living in the uh, the fastest growing region in North America. Um, you know, in the previous decade, um, uh, growth was about 600,000 people in this region between 2010 and 2015. That accelerated to a million between 2015 and 2020. Um, you know, there was a slowdown during the pandemic, but as part of post-pandemic recovery, uh, the federal government is now bringing in over 400,000 people a year. Um, Last year, Canada brought in more immigrants uh, than the United States, country nine times our size. That wow. never happened since Confederation, and look, we need these people, especially our industry, in terms of bringing in more of that labor force. But the fact of the matter is that we have a massive imbalance between supply and demand. Um, you guys were chatting earlier on the show with some of the some of the figures, with a little bit of a slowdown. Um, in terms of the market uh, the last few months. But when you look forward with the amount of growth coming to this region, um, we've got some challenges ahead. And if we're not building enough housing, um, I'm, I'm rather concerned for young people that are going to school, playing by the rules, working hard, not being able to get into the market, get that first down payment to, to get their foot in the door and, and build wealth in sort of that middle-class Canadian dream. Um, also worried that if we don't fix this problem we could have a bit of a brain drain trying to attract and retain talent you've got to remember hamilton is you know not necessarily competing against burlington or brantford or even toronto we're we're competing against um boston san francisco austin texas other jurisdictions for um for talent for jobs and and young people are increasingly mobile um so the challenge going forward is to build the necessary supply of housing and, and we need to grow we need to grow up. I think Hamilton, through intensification, especially around the, the LRT line that's about to be built and, and the investment in Go Transit, um, we're going to have a whole new skyline emerge in this city in the coming decades. We need to grow in, and that means in existing neighborhoods, um, through secondary suites, through small-scale gentle intensification. Um, you know, in the housing industry, we refer to this as the missing middle, and it's it's not the tall buildings. It's not the single-family homes. It's it's things like townhomes, like secondary suites, granny flats. Um, that's it's called the missing middle because frankly it's it's missing. Um, but that is a more affordable, ground-oriented type of housing that is a great opportunity for young people to um, to raise a family in uh, if if we were building enough of it. And, you know there are political challenges around it, but we do need to build out. We do need to build some new greenfield communities that are well planned, well designed, uh, and built strategically around um, existing uh, and in some cases new infrastructure. With the volume of growth coming, um, look, some people want a little elbow room. They'd like to have a backyard, perhaps a barbecue, and and for uh, a community that we want to have um, that is accessible and. Uh, attainable for families to live in you know some of those families are looking around that one or two bedroom condo in downtown Toronto and you know the second kid arrives and they say this, this isn't going to work and that's what has in the past made Hamilton so attractive but um you know I'm, I'm concerned in the years ahead that if we only build one type of housing that Hamilton may not be as attractive to uh, to families to growing families.
2: It's a great point. You're listening to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Zamprin with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. And our special guest today is Mike Collins-Williams, the CEO of the West End Home Builders Association. Another issue that we've encountered, and I'm sure you've seen it uh, to the nth degree, and that's the red tape. Um, and I know there's there's a move to cut the red tape at the municipal level to get more homes built and built faster. Are we seeing that, and if not, how soon can we see that red tape, or at least a lot of it, disappear?
1: I think the good news is there's an acknowledgement at all three levels of government that we got a problem. Um, now, the solutions to the problem, depending on the political party and depending on the government, all seem to be a little bit different. But um, you know, the, the first the first step is to admit you've got a problem and that we need to solve this problem. Um, and I think there's an understanding that housing supply uh, in the coming years is, is the solution um to the housing crisis that we find ourselves in uh the red tape is a challenge and look there are some government regulations that are um that are useful that should exist to protect uh, the environment and the public interest however there are other processes and, and and regulations that are in place that um that stifle the opportunity to build new housing that slow down the opportunity and, and time is money when it takes four or five six years to get a housing project approved um, especially in an environment where interest rates are raising, uh, are increasing, um, that just gets added onto the cost of housing. Um, I think some listeners would be shocked to learn that around 25%, a quarter of the cost of a new home is just straight up taxes. Um, we have the federal GST. We have the provincial HST that uh, is, is not levied on resale, but it is levied on um, new housing. There's a provincial land transfer tax. Uh, in Toronto, they have an additional municipal land transfer tax and There are significant development charges, uh, parkland dedication charges, um, planning fees. Uh, it, it all adds up well over $100,000, in some cases over $200,000 on the average new home. So that's sheer taxes and costs. And in terms of the red tape, it, it takes a long, long time to get housing projects approved, even in locations that the government th- theoretically says that they want that housing. So. Um, you know, you think of, of ghost stations and ghost station parking lots. You know, those would be theoretically ideal locations to build homes. And there is some government policy to direct the housing to go there, but they still require, uh, you know, and I apologize to get, getting into planning jargon, but official plan amendments, zoning by law amendments. And these aren't processes that take a few months. In some cases, these take years and then get tied up in the courts at different tribunals. So there is a, a significant amount of money spent on lawyers, planning consultants. Um, it, it's a very expensive process, a very capital intensive process and a very long process. And again, not suggesting that we need to make all of the regulation go away, but there needs to be an effort in terms of streamlining that process and, and we need to get building.
2: Uh, we only got a couple minutes. You mentioned four to six years to get a permit okay. In, in, some, in, in some cases, they might take less, they might take a little bit more than that, depending on the situation. With the commitment to reduce the red tape, how much time can we slice off that four to six year time span? Are we talking a couple of years, one year, a few months?
1: It really depends what the process is and what type of housing it is. So um, on a, on a high-rise or mid-rise project, it, it can take that four to six years, uh, depending on what the zoning or the official plan is. On, on low-rise projects, you know, on, on the full boundary expansion debate, and you know, Hamilton expanded its boundary 20 years ago in some areas, and there's still no housing there. Um, so in some cases, uh, housing can literally take decades to move through the process. Um, I, I think one of the best methods that we can Accelerate the process is looking at some of those places where higher levels of government are investing in transit, um, where they are putting uh, rails in the ground. That's where we should be building housing, and there should be an environment in which there is pre approval for housing so that builders uh, can go in with existing zoning and move through the process in a year or two rather than three, four,
0: or five years.
2: Lots more to come here on the show. You're listening to The Golfing Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition. We're back next on 900 CHML.
0: You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.
2: Welcome back. This is the Golfie Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Zamprin. Welcome aboard once again. Rob Golfie is a sales representative with Remax Scartman Realty The Golfie Team. You can find the Golfie Team online at robgolfie.com That's Rob G-O-L-F-I icom Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales 905-575-7700 That's 905-575-7700 Follow the Golfie team on instagram facebook tiktok and twitter and if you have a topic idea or a question for the golfy team for a future show send them an email questions at rob our special guest today is mike collins williams the ceo of the west end home builders association their website is west mike i want to ask you a question about affordable housing we've heard that term for a while now, more and more people want to see more and more affordable homes built in this community and other communities across the province. Is that a difficult thing to do?
1: Uh, the short answer is yes. The long answer is it's it's complicated. <laughs> it's, it's possible, um, and, and I want to differentiate sort of two terms because I think sometimes when we talk affordable housing, um, um there can be a little confusion. So. When we're talking about market housing and affordability, I, I like to refer to it as, as attainable housing. So this is private sector built housing without government involvement um, that is increasingly becoming more unaffordable. And, and we need to speed up processes, reduce government regulation and red tape and, frankly, build more housing. because if There's more housing in the marketplace. There, there's more opportunities. Um, you know, I call it housing supply and choice. Um, we need more market housing to be attainable for a wider swath of young people uh, and for the middle class uh, in terms of affordable housing. This is below market housing, um, you know, that, that, that is critical in our communities for, uh, for our workforce. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of people that are struggling to get into the housing market. And I look at it as an opportunity for for a hand up rather than a handout to allow people to get in the market, build wealth, save, and eventually be able to move on to that that market-oriented housing. Um, but to build that below-market affordable housing, uh, we need partnerships. We, we've got a lot of expertise in the private sector um, that we can build, but we need partnerships with governments uh, to enable that low market housing to be built, and, and that can be done in a variety of ways. There's there's a lot of surplus land, uh, whether it's owned by the federal government, provincial government, or municipal governments, that there's real opportunities there because the cost of land is one of the most significant components of the cost of new housing um, so there's there's opportunities for partnerships to build uh, mixed income communities with some below-market housing there um, and you know uh, we we're talking a few minutes ago about the amount of taxation on housing so um, it would love to see that reduced for the, for the market uh, housing but if you want to build below-market uh, housing can't be double dipping. you know government can't be looking you to add tens of thousands of dollars in development charges or or land transfer taxes or or HST and GST um you know if you you pull back on that in a true partnership with the private sector we can deliver housing for a lot less
2: are more and more home builders including affordable housing units in their plans or they are they being asked to or even forced to in some cases
1: yeah so there's um Um, a planning tool called inclusionary zoning that is uh, used in a number of American jurisdictions. Uh, It's being brought in, in Toronto. There are some discussions uh, about it happening in Hamilton. And um, look, there's there's four ways of doing it uh, in which it's um, simply an extraction and a cross subsidization where the market units are paying for the affordable units, or there are ways of doing it in which there are partnerships with land, uh, with reductions in development charges and whatnot, where you can build mixed income communities. So, Um, The industry is certainly interested in working with governments. I think what we truly are all in this together, we want to build um, inclusive communities where um, people at all stages of life, at all life cycles, whether they're younger people, uh, people um, that are aging, leading to age in place and wanting to stay in their communities, um, and for different income levels so that uh, all Hamiltonians have an opportunity to to live in and thrive and and, and contribute to their community. So um, I think the private sector certainly want to be part of the solution but we can't do it on our own we need help and we need partnerships with with not just local government but with senior levels of government as well
2: If you want to sell your home or you are in the market to buy a house, call Hamilton, Burlington, and Niagara's top real estate team, the Golfie team, at 905 575 7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G O L F I.com. And if you want to find out more about the West End Home Builders Association, Mike Collins Williams, the CEO, that website is westandhba.ca. When we come back, we're going to ask Mike about some of the new trends in home building. And will we see... Uh, more apartment buildings be built in the not-too-distant future. We haven't seen many of those pop up over the last little while. That and more coming up next here on the Gulfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition, on 900 CHML.
0: You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.
2: Here on the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 C.H. Bell, Rick Samfren with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax's Gartman Realty, the Golfie team. Find them on the World Wide Web. RobGolfie.com is the website. Call the first real estate team in Hamilton to sell a 1,000 homes in a year, 905-575-7700. And they're all over social media, whether it's Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Give them a like, give them a follow, and you will be entertained and informed at the same time. You can email the Golfie team at topic of Idea or a real estate related question, the email address is questions at RobGolfy.com. We have a special guest today, Mike Collins Williams, the CEO of the West End Home Builders Association. Their website is westandhba.ca. Mike, I want to ask you about, we've talked about this on the show for, I don't know, several years now apartment buildings. We have not seen them be built, at least in their past form, for many, many years. Have they gone the way of the dodo bird, or is there a chance that we could see a comeback? i think we're
1: definitely seeing shifts in the marketplace and and these are shifts that are taking place over over many years and there's definitely a shift in a trend towards intensification um i I think hamilton is a medium-sized north american city we've got so much going for us in this city uh you know we've got our challenges but there there is significant investment coming uh, 3.4 billion dollars from the the provincial and federal government for um, um, an lrt a mass transit system that will sort of form a, a key spine through the lower city um, and, and we've got uh, the new West Harbor GO station and additional GO stations are going to start making their way out um, around the bend into Niagara region. And this is where there will be, I think, a lot of capital investment um, in high density, both rental and ownership um, that is going to you know, reshape the Hamilton skyline and, and frankly reshape our communities. And um, you know, my hope is that we have, um, you know, not just more housing, but with the intensification, with potentially more uh, walkable, pedestrian-oriented communities around these GO stations and around the LRT line. That that means more restaurants. That means more um, customers for bars and entertainment facilities and and real uh, rejuvenation and and reinvestment in in downtown Hamilton and some of those communities. I think we're also going to see a lot more intensification in existing communities um, along the whole BLAST network in terms of, of the rapid bus routes, in Hamilton and in our communities that they are going to change over time as there is, is more housing built and even the greenfield communities the new homes being built at the edge of of the city it's, it's not kind of the the low density housing that was built in the 80s and 90s these these new communities are being built at much higher densities than they were in the past and it's a mix not all single family homes you're going to see semis town homes stacked town homes and some mid rise Um, The technology is changing. We've just had a building code change to allow up to 12-story wood frame buildings. Um, This is standard and very common in Europe. This is new in Ontario. This is new in Canada. Um, So we're going to see with changes in technology, different opportunities for different um, housing and and more mid-rise. And in terms of the higher density, mentioning apartments, the apartments are a challenge. Um, You are seeing more investment from uh, pension funds for that purpose-built rental you know, we built a ton of purpose-built rental in Canada in the 60s and 70s, and it peered out in the early 80s and really was non-existent for the last couple of decades. But there has been an uptake in the last couple of years. Um, You know, at the beginning of the show, there was some discussion around interest rates and and how those mortgage rates are affecting consumers and and the housing prices um, in Hamilton. Well, you know, the big pension funds and and, and builders were, were also challenged by some of those interest rates. So, some of the larger, when you're talking a couple hundred million dollars for, for a purpose-built rental project and, and the payback is over the period of 20, 30 years, um, those higher interest rates mean that some of those projects don't pencil out anymore. So, um, you know, we are hearing of some cancellations or some projects that were potentially ready to go that have that have been pulled back because they're just not penciling out anymore, which is frustrating because we we need more purpose-built rental Um you know, it's a great way for people to start out um, to be able to save for that down payment. And, you know, not everybody necessarily um, wants to own a home. There, there are some people that um, uh, rental suits them just fine, um, you know, in terms of mobility and in the opportunity to, to um, uh, be more mobile within the job market, et cetera. So um, it, it, it's something that I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful uh, that we build a lot more of. But um, the higher interest rate environment is a challenge.
2: Lastly, and we'll have about a minute for this. Is there a new trend that you're exciting, uh, excited about in, uh, in terms of whole, uh, home building?
1: I, I sort of touched on it earlier, but the, the mass timber wood frame allowing changes to the building code to allow for uh, wood frame buildings. These aren't, you know, stick built housing on steroids, it is a different technology, cross laminate timber. Um, it uses Canadian wood. It's more environmentally friendly. Um, you know, concrete is actually a, a a material that emits carbon in terms of the manufacturing and, and creation of, uh, of concrete, whereas wood is carbon sequestration. So it's a way of getting closer to net zero carbon impacts in terms of housing. Um, so this is an exciting. Uh, opportunity, an exciting trend, and it, it's something that's been um, um, been used for many years in, in European jurisdictions. So I'm, I'm excited to see this hopefully take off um, cross laminate map timber buildings in Ontario.
2: Sounds pretty cool. You can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for The Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform and hit the follow button so you will never miss an episode. Thanks, Rob, and thank you, Mike, and thank you for listening to The Golfy Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday Friday at 9 on 900 chml
0: the proceeding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 chml